Hi, I'm Dave Trout, founder of UTR Media, with a quick announcement before we start the show. You know, it's very normal to not assume financial responsibility for something that you enjoy for free. And that's really our MO. We want to provide videos, albums, articles, podcasts, all for free. And we can only keep doing that with the generous help of folks just like you. Now, we actually only have two times each year where we do an active campaign and more strongly invite you to participate in our organization. And uh, we do that at the end of the year and right now in the middle of the year. Uh, So we have launched a new campaign called All Aboard 2018. The campaign is especially for folks who have never given financially to UTR Media before. Uh, This is like an on-ramp so that you can join our support team, start investing in building a platform for well-crafted, faith-inspired music and underdog artists. Even our current supporters are invited to consider increasing or giving uh, above and beyond gift to UTR at this time. To get more info, it's at utrmedia.org. And if you can get involved, we have a special reward package that includes a $100 matching gift, a brand new UTR Media vintage cassette t-shirt, a three artist video concert, and an entry into an Amazon drawing. Thank you so much for considering what you can do to help support our ministry. And again, get more info on the All Aboard 2018 campaign at utrmedia.org. All right, on with the show. Well, actually, all of my songs I write in under two minutes. Do you find... (laughs) Wow, I'm impressed. It's just kind of a personal goal. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how you doing? Come on in. We love having conversations one-on-one with artists who are some of the makers of the most meaningful music being released today, and today is no exception. Uh, Welcome to the Green Room Door Podcast, a production of UTR Media. Hi, I'm Dave Trout, and last week, or uh, last episode, I announced that uh, we were planning on doing one more uh, episode for this first season, and then... Uh, And we were planning on uh, talking with uh, indie rock band Remedy Drive. Uh, We still are planning an interview with them. They have such an interesting backstory and purpose as a band. We really want to dive into that. Um, And we had an interview scheduled, but it got delayed and then delayed again. And it just doesn't look like it worked out timing-wise. So we are planning on doing an interview with them for Season 2. So that means... I went into the archives to dust off an oldie but a goodie interview, which we will present to you now. And it's coming your way today, commercial free. Have you had a chance to get to know the music and ministry of Matthew Clark? Oh, I hope so, because uh, he is a gem of a person and a fantastic songwriter and producer and writer and poet. Um, And uh, we have gotten to know him through our Escape to the Lake event, which he has been to four of the last five of them. In fact, I met him for the very first time at the first Escape to the Lake, which was in 2013, and it's where this interview takes place. So this was 
maybe only 24 hours after meeting the guy. So it was more of a get-to-know-you type conversation. And if you're new to Matthew Clark, this is perfect. It's a great way to get to know him and his music. So uh, let's go into the conversation. Um, Again, this is going back five years ago, uh, 2013. uh, Our very first interview with Matthew Clark. And right before we jump into the Q&A, since a lot of the music we're talking about is a bit dated, uh, we're going to play a sample of a very recent May 2018 single, The Heart of the Wood by Matthew Clark, to get us started. The sweetness of some fruit you could not see So you held your battered heart out to the quiet Felt its river wash the stone and soil away And still amidst the stillness of the forest Found the heart to give your heart away in the heart of the world where the pines keep quiet vigil. Where you end in the place that you feel the most, just to turn and find a vision, a way that leads you home to your own heart through the heart of the world. So tell us a little bit about just your music journey. Like, how did you just fall in love with with music in general, and and kind of, you know, when did it sort of become like, all right, this is this is my thing? Uh, well, I could sing uh, before I could learn to speak, actually. So I was about a year and a half old. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> no, uh, but it did start young because my mom would sing old folk songs from the 60s. She would sing Bob Dylan and Joan, uh, was, I forgot that name, uh, Joan Baez and Judy Collins and Peter, Paul, and Mary and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So I grew up hearing that, and and eventually I, just, I stole the guitar that she used to play. I have it now, mm-hmm. and she has to borrow it from me. So that and I had, uh, had a great uncle who was a jazz musician in Memphis, and he was just really tuned in, and when I started getting interested in guitar, really because my older brother played, and I just wanted to be cool, like Sam. So the first song I ever learned was Play That Funky Music. <laughs> and I didn't even know what the song was. I just learned that riff, because it was so cool. But uh, So I was showing interest in guitar, and my mom told my uncle, and she said, and he said, uh, you, know, you get him in lessons right now, and he made a contact, and we drove two hours round trip, uh, every week for two years when I first started out. Wow! Uh, yeah, that's crazy. And I just loved loved that music. That's that's a good. That's awesome. So, um, I I love the your latest project and and sort of am interested to know a little. I know that there's um, kind of this unique connection to um, kind of mirroring a book and stuff. So just give us the story of of the project. Well, I, I had a lot of friends from college. I worked uh, for a campus ministry, and so a lot of my friends went to seminary, and whenever I would talk to them on the phone, they would say, oh, my favorite class is this Old Testament class, and the, the professor is Sandra Richter. And they would rave about her, and, they, and so finally she came out with a book, and I got the book, and it was called The Epic of Eden, 
And the book was really helpful. It helped uh, kind of organize the Old Testament for me, connect a lot of stories, put a lot of things in order that kind of didn't make sense to me, but she helped make sense of them. So I wrote her an email, and I said, oh, I love your book. I'd love to meet you. And she said, well, why don't you come to my house? She made homemade bread hmm. and tea, and we sat there for four hours, and uh, I played a couple of songs for her, and she said, well, Asbury Seminary in Kentucky is going to make a curriculum based on the book. Would you be interested in writing some songs to accompany that? And that's where it started. And uh, so I, I just started writing these songs, and so the album goes through uh, the story arc of redemption across the entire uh, scripture. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, tell us uh, um, the 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 f- last full song is "Kingdom Come" on the on the project. Um, kind of tell us sort of a little bit more about that song in particular. Yeah, that that song comes from just this rea- this tension that we live in, which is that that the kingdom of God has been uh, inaugurated, but hasn't been consummated. Mm. So Jesus has come, and he is the king, but we're still waiting for the full enactment of that reality. Mm-hmm. And so we live in an already not yet reality where we, we're, we're, waiting, we're looking towards this joy that is set before us, like Hebrews 12 says, and because we know this joy is coming, we, we've got to live out uh, our citizenship in the, in the true kingdom under the true king, which is really hard to do because you feel like a complete idiot uh, in this world because everything Jesus does and calls us to do really does feel foolish or it feels like a waste of time, feels like you're not being productive feel, or efficient mm-hmm. or uh, all the things that our world you know, hypes up and um, but to live faithfully as a citizen. One day when the heavens part and the Lamb of God rides forth, bodies born of faith who rise to meet him. Let your family on earth abide in the house of our So the, the song starts out with identifying Jesus as the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament characters, all these major roles. As he is the uh, he's the greater Noah who saves us from the flood of wrath. He's the he's the real Abraham, the fulfillment of Abraham, who is the father who is going to bring his people in, and and uh, he's the true David. He's the one who really sits on the throne of David and is the the king that everyone was really waiting for. And David was just a type. And so he fulfills all these roles, and, uh, and he has come, and yet we are waiting to be raised up with him when he comes again. Mm-hmm. And so we sing, let his family here on earth, 
uh, wait in faith and in obedience. Mm. Tell me a little bit about um, who uh, who are some of your influences, and uh, you know, where, where you, and maybe different ways that you get inspired when it comes to songwriting. Yeah, um, I, I would. I want to start by saying. Uh, I think every person is is really sort of made out of the people who love them well. And uh, so the people that kind of help me keep moving and not give up and not just kind of lay down and sleep under the chair uh, are, are, are just some of my best friends, uh, Abby and Jeff Pates and... Andrew Bess, and these some of these guys are musicians too, and that I play and travel with, or even have lived with. So the love that they have for me, and Andy Gillahorn was talking this morning about the people who have seen your your real ugliness, and they just stayed, and they just uh, they they stuck it out with you. And um, those people help me. Uh, and then on the scale of artists that I look up to, and. There are a lot of those. David Wilcox, John mentioned, John Trost mentioned, uh, was a big influence on me. Uh, Rich Mullins, obviously a, a big influence. I love Rich Mullins. Mark Hurd, who was somebody who I think really influenced Rich Mullins. Mm-hmm. I just love his honesty. He's just able to, uh, to grieve, helps me grieve well, helps me be honest with myself. And uh, and Rich did that too, especially even just in his life. And then Andrew Peterson, uh, I really admire his storytelling, his ability to craft words. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these guys, Eric Peters, and so many of the people you play on this on Under the Radar, mm-hmm. I really admire how they're living their lives and how music, how they they hold up their gifts in that context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, I know we're going into overtime just a little bit, but so this will be my last question. Sure. Um, but just wanted to get your, I mean, you have kind of a unique perspective because you, I wanted you to kind of reflect on, on Escape to the Lake, your thoughts about it. But, uh, but I, I love the fact that, you know, you just, you were coming as a registrant anyway. And, uh, and it's been great to sort of, you know, kind of call on you to do a little bit extra. And you've been jumping on that right away, which is, Super awesome. I'm thrilled. But um, So just share your overall perspective of what you kind of see going on and like maybe how you would describe it to, to an outsider, you know. Well, there are boats. I see boats <laughs> and water and people, <laughs> if you want more detail. Now, I, yeah, I'm, I realize that kind of as a human being, uh, I need to put stuff I, I can't just make out of nothing. And I need scripture, and I need prayer, and I need community, and I need good music, and I need uh, good food even to feel like a normal person. And uh, in that same sense, I need events like this because I need to go somewhere, and I need to be with people who uh, who make sense and who help me. It's just, It's kind of like standing up in church and saying the Lord's Prayer or the creed, or singing a song, and it's like I can't, I can't, I couldn't sit at home and say this creed, and that that wouldn't be enough to sustain me. Like I've got to have somebody else's 
voice next to me on my right and my left to say this with me so that mm-hmm. I can keep saying it and so that I can believe it. I need, a, I need help believing. And so to come to an event like this, to hear songs, to be in conversation with people, and so many people have been really vulnerable and kind in conversation and encouraging. Um, and so it's that kind of nourishing event. And, and I try to go to something like this at least once a year, and mm-hmm. if not twice, if I can, just to... Mm-hmm. Just so encouraging and nourishing to me. And, and this has been that kind of event. I didn't know what it was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And it's y'all's first time to do it. But mm-hmm. you've done a great job. And I really, really appreciate just you inviting me to, to participate more deeply. That's been a big gift to me. Awesome. I'll find out if there's a... We, got, we can take a question or two if anybody's got anything. Anything come to mind? If not, we can wrap up. But there's no pressure. Yeah. Yeah, here. Hi, I'm Teresa. I live in Illinois. Um, I've often wondered this about um, artists, especially those who are on the road a lot. And when John was talking, I was thinking certainly about the same thing. Just, you know, you're living a very different kind of life. So it's not a, you know, you're home during the week and you're, um, you know, you're home on the weekends and you're able to, to kind of have like a normal schedule, whatever that means. But, um, do you find that you have a good support system in your life? Um, as far as, um, like a church family, I mean, their support systems can look very different ways, but I think specifically of, I don't know what your schedule is like where if you're able to regularly fellowship and regularly be involved in a local, um, fellowship or, or something like that. I was just curious about that. I, I often wonder that about artists anyway, and how mm. it must be kind of difficult mm-hmm. to try and maintain that it, from what you, how much you hear them traveling and, and what they all do. So I don't know. If maybe you can address that. Thank yeah, you. thanks, Teresa. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I'm, John, I think it, it could answer that better because he travels way more than I do. I'm just kind of beginning. But um, I do, I live with my brother and, my, and, and we uh, eat dinner together when I'm home and we uh, sit a lot and talk. And he's, in, he's a sculptor and a potter, so we talk a lot about what it is to, to use our gifts and live this way. And then I have some great friends that I already mentioned um, and I spend time with them. Uh, my friend Jeff called me last night at midnight and because I had texted him and just to check on me and say, Hey, and, uh, you really do need that. And it's not always easy to do that. I really wish that I had been able to bring some friends with me this weekend to just drive and be with. Um, but I think you, I think that's really, that's, that over years has been really important to me, whether it means even if I have friends scattered all over the place and I need to like make a special trip to go and visit them. Maybe I only see them one time a year, but that, that friend, oh, God, there's, there's something C.S. Lewis says in The Four Loves. He talked about uh, losing one of the inklings when one of the inklings died. It was, I think Charles Williams had died. And he said, uh, he said there's a part of me that that will never be drawn out, that can only be drawn out by Charles Williams or by Tolkien. And he said, 
when Tolkien dies, that part of me will never be called out again. And so, so I know that there are certain friends that I have that bring to life some aspect of me and that remind me of some aspect of myself. Um, and so I, need, I do need contact with those people. I cannot sit by myself in a car, in a room all the time. And then just getting out and, and, and meeting people when you get to share songs, it's kind of funny. You sometimes pour out things that are, you know, like kind of really vulnerable. It's kind of scary sometimes. But really, you sit in a room, and every single person in this room, every single person at this camp has some, some grief, something they carry that you would never guess. We were talking about this. And uh, so you know that you, even if you feel alone or disconnected, um, that God still meets us in that place and makes a way for us to uh, to hope and to to keep keep going. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what I said, though. <laughs> That's true too, because no, nothing. And I find that that everything godly and good, the, the way of this world is is sort of naturally decay, and so there's a there's a constant effort of I've got to I've got to hang out with this person. I've got to uh, email them or. I've got to, you know, kind of keep up those. I've got to keep putting my hand on that or, or I'm going to forget where I put it, you know. Tom from Minneapolis. Some songs, they come in like two minutes. And some songs, you have to work to flush them out. Well, actually, all of my songs um, I write in under two minutes. Do you find... <laughs> wow, I'm impressed. It's just kind of a personal goal. <laughs> <laughs> You can get down to a minute, 45 seconds. <laughs> Working on that. Um, the more work that a song takes, do you find that it's more impactful to you, hmm. to other people? Uh, do you feel like it, it's somehow weightier, or is it just all over the map? Man, uh, that's an interesting question that I don't know the answer to. I would say, though, that th- there's not a... There's not a magic answer. Or like, uh, I was thinking the other day when we were talking about grief that grief is not like algebra. You know, like you don't have like something that happens and then you have like an equal sort of opposite or thing that works out perfectly. But that uh, that it's really flesh and blood and and very personal and human. And man, sometimes I've written a song where I just almost wasn't even trying. It just like I just sort of broke open and it came out and that maybe that happened fast and it was honest enough and then I've also realized over the past couple of years that I can be a super lazy songwriter sometimes and like just be like oh that's good enough I'm not gonna work on that anymore and I'll just play it it'll be fine and then I I, I got really challenged by a guy named David Taylor and he's an arts pastor and I, I've been to Lady Lodge and he's hosted some retreats there and and he said, uh, I don't want your first draft or your second draft. I want your ninth draft, and you better work on it. And I was like, he's like, you're giving this to the public. You're representing the kingdom of God. It needs to be really good. 
And I was like, oh, you know, that really like, I was like, you just kicked me in the stomach. And that made me want to just, just work a little harder. And so, so it's kind of both. It's, it is all over the place, but I have found that, uh, there have been a lot of times where it was really worth it to go back and, and, and put more effort into it or, and, and again, community is so good. When I worked with Mitch Dane as well in Nashville, like it, it really helped me to have somebody else say, uh, that, that chord's a little lame right there. Why don't you try this chord or something like that and, and help me, help me hear some things that, um, because it's coming from me, I wasn't able to stand far enough away from it to really be honest about it. Um, the, a friend of mine who's a missionary in Honduras sent me this email and it had a weird sentence. He says, is this a weird sentence to you? And I was like, yeah, that is a weird sentence. That sounds ridiculous. This is how I would say it. And I sent him this email and I said, now where did that sentence come from anyway? It's like, oh, it was from your blog. I was like, oh. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I need somehow to, everything I do to be shown back to me and like my mind erased so I can see it honestly. It's like, that would be a great gift. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's so good. What fortune of us stumbling into a friendship and a relationship with Matthew Clark. He is so funny, articulate, wise. Uh, he, he's so intentional about his art and how it connects with his faith. Um, and it's been great to grow a relationship with him over the last several years. Uh, we hope that you already have discovered him and his music, and this is just sort of a window into uh, our meeting with him. Um, and, but if not, uh, allow this to be a place of discovery. Uh, I hope you'll dig into more of what Matthew Clark has to op- offer. And we're going to play a song in its entirety after we uh, close out this podcast. Um, it's, it's one of our favorites of his called Kumalo. It's based on the book, cry the beloved country. I can't go into the whole backstory. (laughs) You can see him in concert. If you want to hear that, Uh, it's really fantastic. But the making of it actually came from a lot of folks in the UTR and escape to the lake community because people Skyped in different vocal parts and it sounds awesome. So, um, a lot of folks, uh, from this community were a part of that song. So we'll play that uh, coming up on uh, after the outro. Uh, speaking of, Escape to the Lake is right around the corner. It is July 19th through the 21st in Cedar Lake, Indiana. Folks are coming from all over the country, from Colorado, Florida, Texas, North Carolina, New York, not just a, a Midwest thing. So we hope that you can make it. Matthew Clark will be there, so maybe he'll even share that Kumalo story with you, uh, as well as just some amazing other artists and great people, too, like Andrew Osenga, Krista Wells, Brothers McClurg, Royce Lovett, Caroline Cobb, Nick Flora, Jess Ray, Wild Harbors, and uh, about 10 others. (laughs) So just a a super fun time. It's one of my favorite weeks of the whole year. Hope hope you can be there. Um, We have discount tickets available for the rest of the month of June, and it's very affordable, and all the meals are included. So it's really the best deal in town. You can check out all the information on the roster, the schedule, the rates, and you can even sign up at our website, escapetothelake.net. 
That's where you go for that event. And we hope to see you there next month. Um, besides that, we have one other announcement to make before we leave. And that is um, uh, every, every year we do a couple of campaigns where we invite you, our listeners, to become a part of what we're doing and be supporters. Uh, of course, we do it at the end of every year. That's an important time. But then we do it once in the middle of the year, which is right now. <laughs> we call it All Aboard 2018. It's a chance for you to just become a part of the team that's supporting and investing in this work and allowing us to build a platform for underdog artists and to help continue to curate well-crafted, faith-inspired music. Um, in fact, we're not even asking you to give a, 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 a huge fortune, but if you have a huge fortune, feel free. But we, we're asking you to just at least consider, as a starter gift, uh, $9 a month. Um, that or, or a hundred dollar one-time gift. If you can give at that level, we have an amazing reward package, including a one hundred dollar matching gift, uh, a concert video, a brand new UTR vintage cassette T-shirt. I love it, and an entry into an Amazon drawing. So a lot of folks have been signing up. We actually only have twenty-five slots total to fill the campaign out, and I think. Uh, um, at least a third of those have been filled already. So uh, we would love for you to sign up and be a part of the All Aboard 2018 campaign. And that is at our website. You can get more info and read about it at, uh, uh, sorry, utrmedia.org. I almost sent you again to Escape to the Lake. No, our main website is utrmedia.org. Um, so uh, we are about to take a little bit of a break for this particular podcast. Um, this is, I guess, is sort of like the end of season one. Uh, we will be back with some brand new interviews. Some are already recorded. Some are in the process of being recorded. We're really excited for what's ahead for season two. But we'll take a couple months off, uh, mainly so we can just focus on uh, Escape to the Lake. And I have a family vacation just to spend, connect with the family in August. So we'll be back in September with a new season of Green Room Door. But if uh, during this little summer hiatus, take an opportunity to go back and listen to some of the past episodes. We got some really good stuff in there. Some great conversations uh, with folks like Fernando Ortega, Eric Peters, Andrew Osenga, Audrey Assad, John Trost, Randall Goodgame, John Tibbs, and a bunch of others. So check it out uh, at this podcast feed where you're listening or um, through utrmedia.org. You can also discover some of our sister podcasts through that website as well. So that wraps it up for this season. Make sure to stick around for that full Matthew Clark song. And uh, of course, Green Room Door is a production of UTR Media. I'm Dave Trout. Have a great summer. We'll talk to you soon.
good man, what can I say? Only that the Lord has shown me grace. Only that the Lord has shown me grace. Reach your hands out, hands out. Even though you know where they've been, the Lord has made them gloves now, gloves now. They are hiding Jesus's hands, so reach out His hands in your hands. Come on, Lord, come on, Lord. I am not a good man. I'm not a good man. What can I say? Only that the Lord has shown me grace. Only that the Lord has shown. Every place you fear to be seen, and they will find His mercy, mercy. Say surely, if the Lord can save you, then He can set me free from all my sin. Come along, come along. I am not a good man. I'm not a good man. What can I say? That the Lord has shown me grace. Only that the Lord has shown me grace. 'Cause I am the older son. I'm angry at my brother's welcome. Oh, and I am the younger son. Happy to be wallowing in love again. And I still. The truest thing is that I'm rising with the sun from the river when the Father calls, beloved. I am well pleased. Kumalo, Kumalo, I am not a good man. I'm not a good man. What can I say? Only that the Lord has shown me grace. Only that the Lord has shown me grace. Come along, come along. I am not a good man. I'm not a good man. What can I say? Only that the Lord has shown me grace. Only that the Lord has shown.
Let's go.